I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 28. I will sing the wondrous story. Number 28.
The song we just sung there, I'll sing the wondrous story. And we all understand that wondrous story. And that began when God created this earth. The wondrous story of mankind here upon the earth. But he's talking about here mainly the wondrous story of salvation for man. And that comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It says, days of darkness still come over me. Sorrow's path I often tread. But the Savior still is with me. By his hand I'm safely led. And let that be an encouragement to us today that whatever we might go through here upon the earth, he is there to lead us. Lead us through. He says, I will never allow anything to come upon you, but what there is a way for you to escape. There is a way to go through. He will keep me to the river flow, rolls its waters at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over where the loved ones I shall meet. Over that river, that river of death. That he'll bear us over that, and then we shall be forever with our Lord and Savior. And all the righteous will be with them forever and ever. Eternal life. And it all starts by us repenting of our sins. Having faith in Jesus Christ. Repenting of our sins. And asking him coming into our life. And giving us that new birth, that making us a new man, a new woman. Taking that old spirit away and making us new here in this life. You know, just thinking this week, as a matter of fact, yesterday, it was kind of rainy. And I was inside a lot and just being able to read some and listen and think about his work and just thinking all the way back going back there right after Adam was here upon the earth and what took place there how that the serpent deceived them and how they lost out but the mercy of God gave them an opportunity to live here upon the earth and gave them an opportunity to be able then when they leave here to have eternal life. And then as we go on, there's just many more righteous people that were here upon the earth. I think about Noah there. And how he built the ark. And how there for a little over a hundred years, I believe it was, he was teaching and preaching that there was something going to happen here upon the earth. God had men and he had women here upon the earth that was willing to walk with him, that was willing to hear his word and was willing to share it with others. And it just comes all the way on. And, but as he was there and he was preaching and teaching, how many people really heard his word? How many people was willing to believe what Noah was preaching in that day. That there was going to come a flood. They had never seen rain. They didn't know anything about that. But he says there's going to come a flood. 
And all that will get into this ark that I am building, that I have built here over this period of a, of a little over a hundred years, I believe, will be saved. But there was only eight people that went into that. Throughout the world, he has continued to preach and to teach all the way along. And we can see there others, how Abraham and others were righteous and they heard the word. They heard the word of God. How Moses came along then and he followed what God asked him to do. God protected him from just a very baby. And when he was about 40 years old, he went out to see his brothers. And he saw something going on there that was he did not approve of, and he got involved in it. And he went on then, he had to leave the country because he had murdered a man there. But he was gone for another about 40 years. But God was with him during these times. And then God, he had had a work for him to do. And Moses accepted that work. He saw the fire burning in the bush. And it was not being consumed. And he walked over there and God had a message to give to him. And he went back then to Egypt. And he was there. Let my people go. But before that took place, I'm reminded here about Joseph and how that the children of Israel got down to Egypt. But we look at what God was doing with Joseph as just a young boy. In a dream, he showed him what was going to take place. And as he told that to his father and his mother and his brothers, that did not bring him dear to them. Matter of fact, it, I believe it put a wedge in between his brothers and himself. And his father even mentioned to him, he says, Will me and your mother bow down to you? But God had a work for Joseph. And Joseph followed whatever he asked him to do. And you just think about that young man and how he was sold off as a slave. He was there free with his fathers and had father and his brothers and had all that he needed. But his brothers hated him so much that they sold him off. They were going to kill him. But they decided that it would be better for us just to sell him. Look at the gain that we can get by selling him. If we kill him, we won't get anything. And they sold him for 20 pieces of silver, I believe it was. But God was with him. And as he went down there, first of all, I believe that Joseph was a young man and he he was a man that followed his principles, the principles of God. And it could be seen that something was different in this young man. When he went there and he was bought by Potiphar, I believe it was, 
he began to give him because he could see that this young man was different. And he began to give him authority in his home. And I believe it became to where he was looking after all the things of this man, his worldly possessions. But Satan intervened. But Joseph did not yield. And he was cast into prison because of a lying woman. All the good that he had again was taken away. But he did not recant. He continued on. And as he went, as he was there in prison, he was able to interpret some dreams, or God was through him. And a few years later then, Pharaoh called him out to interpret his dream. They said God would give him that. And God gave him the interpretation of the dream. Told him about what was going to happen. And how that the people of Egypt could be saved and others could be saved from starvation by what he was showing them in this dream that Pharaoh had. And Pharaoh made this young man, Joseph, over all of Egypt to be able to save them. He was second in command to Pharaoh. And look where he had started. His brothers meant for it to be bad. But God was with him. Yes, he had gone through some very trying and bad situations. But he went through it not complaining, but he went through it just waiting upon the Lord. Is that in our life today? Can we look back and see how people have gone through it and followed God all the way along, not in any complaining way, but waiting upon him? And some going through some very hard trials, but they were coming out victorious. And we all know what took place. They did. They came down and they bowed down to him. His brothers did. But he told them, he says, God was within this. God was the one that sent me down here. And he had no revenge for them. But then we go on as we mentioned there Moses and all that he did and how that he went out and he, he followed and he listened to what God asked for him to do and then he told them about what was going to happen in that Passover day of how the death angel was going to come through the land. And he says, now all of you listen to what I have to say. He says, listen carefully. And follow exactly what I have to say here. God had given him the commandment. He had told him what to do. And how they should eat the lamb. And how they should have the unleavened bread there. And how they should take the blood of the lamb and put it upon the side post and over the door. 
and the death angel would pass over them. And that, that took place. And all the people in Egypt, even in Pharaoh's house and everywhere else, there was one death. The oldest was dead in every home. Don't you know what the grief and what a terrible thing that was for the people in that country? But they looked over there at the Hebrews, there at the Israelites. They looked at them, and there was no death. They wanted them out. They said, get these people out of here. Pharaoh let them go. But it was not long, just a very short period after that, that Pharaoh repented of what he had done, and his heart was heartened, and he wanted to go back and bring them back as slaves. But it was too late. God's work was in progress. God's work today is in progress, and we're not going to stop it. It will continue on whether we follow it or not. Pharaoh and the Egyptians had no intent of following it. And they failed. Pharaoh chased after them. The Red Sea opened up. The people walked through on dry land. Pharaoh and his great and mighty army went into the Red Sea. And God let the, the walls of water come right down on them and destroy them. And his people went right on safely in. But it was not long even though them seeing all the miracles and everything that had taken place there, it was not long they were murmuring and complaining. Are we willing to just be reconciled to whatever His will is? Or are we wanting to murmur and complain about some condition that we have here upon the earth? Or that maybe somebody else looks like they have it better than what we have? But all the way along, he's had these things come forth before us, and he's had people there. When Moses passed away, Joshua just stepped right into his position and carried right on and saw victory. Was there mistakes? Was there things that happened there? Yes. But God showed him what to take care, how to take care of them. How to continue on. And we can come all the way on up. Just continue looking. As you read through, you can see so many different ones. And I know I'm not even scratching the surface of all the righteous people that's mentioned in this book. And what they did to help to promote his kingdom here upon the earth. Then as we come on up. A few years, there was a woman and her husband, Naomi. And they went into a foreign land. And her husband and her two sons both died. Her sons had been married. She says, I'm going back to my people. And she tried to get her daughter-in-laws to stay. And one of them did. One stayed there. But the other, Ruth, came home, came with her. She says, your God will be my God. 
Your people will be my people. Where you die, I will die. And she went back with that kind of faith. Naomi went back. And God brought a man there that was able then to marry Ruth and what took place. Boaz and Ruth were the great-grandparents of David. David came through that lineage. What a wonderful... And, and look at the mighty king and the righteous king that David was that Jesus said he was a man after his own heart. He made some grievous mistakes. But he was able to get forgiveness for those. And we just come on and we see others after that, different ones. But then, as all of these people were talking about, many of them, that there would be a Messiah come here to the earth. And he did. Through that lineage of David, Jesus Christ was born here upon the earth to a virgin that had never known man that we've talked about a lot recently. And Jesus Christ came here. God sent him, his son, and he overcame all things for us. And he died on that cross for you and me so that we can have eternal life. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The hope of Jesus Christ. Now we can read about it. We can talk about it. And as he was here then upon the earth, what did he do? He lived about 33 years, about 30 years. and Then John, another servant of God, that was out teaching and preaching repentance for your sins. Hearing the Word. Hearing what God would have for him to do and follow. And he says, no, I'm not the Messiah. I am just the forerunner. And that's what was taking place. But Jesus came. John baptized him there. And he saw the Spirit of God descend from heaven as a dove and light upon him. And we have all these witnesses that we can see here that people have lived a life that was acceptable to God. And now His Son, Jesus Christ, here came and He overcame everything here upon the earth that could possibly destroy us in sin. He, was, he overcame those temptations so that you and I would have power overcome them also and we can see victory in him but he chose 12 very shortly after he was here he have a, had a following of disciples of people that was following him 
And he chose 12 out of that group of people that he would be a special teacher to them that then they would be able to go out and to spread his word. He opened their hearts and the Spirit of God came upon them. They were able to go out and spread the word. They were able to go out and to cast out devils. They were go out and to he- able to go out and to heal the sick. This is the power of Jesus Christ. He never failed in anything. And when he was teaching these young men, and when he would perform a miracle, and say, go and sin no more. You have been made whole. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Just another group hearing the word and able then to go out and to spread his word. Jesus Christ was crucified. His life here upon the earth, his work was done. And as he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Man's redemption was finished when he died there on the cross. He overcame that. He then was put in the grave. The grave could not hold him. He was risen back to life. The work of God again, not the work of man. And he was around there with that group of people and others. In one place it says that there was above that there was above five hundred people that saw him alive after he was resurrected out of that grave. And all the wonderful works that he did while he was here. And now the most wonderful thing. He says, I am going to ascend back to my Father. But I will send to you a comforter. That's a promise. I will send to you a new spirit. Now others believed. Noah believed what, when he said here, you build this ark. And you will be saved. He has said, He that believes upon the Son of God believes that He is the Son of God shall be saved. Are we going to use that blood and be saved? Or will we be like the people that was there on the earth when Noah was building the ark? And not listen, not hear, not hear those words. He says, if you hear my words, keep them, do them. If you hear my commandments, do them, is what he has said. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he says, I will send to you that new spirit. But he also said, That those that do not hear, those that hear my word and does not do them shall be cast out. And they shall be like that house that 
was built upon the sand and it will fall, it will disintegrate, and he says, great will be the fall of it. And after that, he went back just a few short days. When they were all gathered together there, they received that Spirit of the Holy Ghost, came upon them. And there was people that could see it, and you and I can see today when somebody receives that. And when somebody has that Spirit working within them, you can see and you can know that there is something special in that person, just as Potiphar could see it in Joseph and how others could see it. And people such as David, Saul could see it in David. He understood. And what David did just as a very young lad, when he saw there the giant defying the armies of God, and he went out and he told them, and he didn't want all the armor of man. He wanted the armor of God. And what are we seeking for today? The praise of man or the praise and power of God? in our life. But Peter was able then to just tell them when they asked, what must we do to be saved? And he told them, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. And when we say we believe on Jesus, that encompasses a whole lot. That means that I'm going to believe, I'm going to hear His Word, I'm going to live in accordance to His commandments. And it's not our work, it's the work of Him doing it within us. He says, I'll give you a new spirit, a new life. And I'll give to you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Is that what we're seeking for today? Or we want that above all things? Or are we still wanting to be filled with the things of this world? The cares of, of this world, is that's what in our mind and in our life? Or do you truly want to be saved from eternal damnation? Are you willing to lay it all aside? These men, these twelve were, except one. Judas Iscariot was not willing. And Judas Iscariot had been there. He had seen the miracles. He had done. He had been right there with them. He had been there when they were able to go out and he sent them out to do these work, do that special work that he had sent them. But Satan entered into him. Satan entered into him and carried him away. And he sold out. He thought that silver he got would make him so happy and he would be able to live such a wonderful life. And he was miserable when it took place. So much so he went and he hanged himself. But the disciples, the other leaven, was able to go right on about the work. And they were spread out throughout the land there doing a marvelous work. And there was many, many others. Then it was not long. There was a young man named Stephen, full of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. The people that looked upon him could see that there was something different about him. His, his countenance just glowed.
But there was people that hated him because of it. They were envious of him. And they hated him. And they stoned him. They put him to death. Did they harm Stephen? All they did was send Stephen right on in to paradise with the righteous sooner. And he did not have to go through all the things that some of the rest of them did. He just went right on into paradise. What a wonderful thing. But there was one man that was standing there, standing there watching it, and gave his voice against Stephen. His name was Saul. And what took place? Yes, Paul spoke out against him. He was voting there, so to speak, to kill him. But Paul had a true desire. I believe his true desire was to serve God. But he was going about it in the wrong way. And is that in our life today? Do we have a desire to serve Jesus, but going about it in the wrong way? I believe that's happening all over the world. But we today, we can have that desire. And if we have that true desire and we truly want to and we ask, that's how Jesus Christ was able to smoke Paul down or Saul on the way to Damascus because he knew he truly wanted to do what was right. But he needed to change. So he smote him down there. And he says, who art thou? He says, I'm Jesus. And it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, Paul. Saul. He says, what must I do? And that's what we need to be asking every day. We've talked a lot about this recently. What must I do? That was what Paul was asking. And Jesus told him the first step to do. He says, now go down. Go down there to Damascus, and I will show you what will happen. And he did. And he sent one of his servants there to baptize him. And immediately he was able to be filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And immediately he started preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. And he said, I did not go down and confer with flesh and blood, but I conferred with Jesus Christ. And that was how he was able, he had it written in his heart and written in his mind the words that Jesus would have for him to go and teach and to preach. And that's what we need to be looking for today. Is having it in our mind and in our heart from Jesus Christ. Not from something that we think that we know ourselves. But let's be sure that the Spirit is there within us. And we can go on and we can read of others. Barnabas and Paul and the women, Mary, and several others there that were there working with Jesus. The woman there that was a seller of purple that brought Jesus and them into her house. Priscilla and Aquila, 
righteous people, righteous men and women, teaching and helping others to understand the way of God stronger. Now is that in our life today? This book is full of, of these examples that we have read and we can read and continue to see. And I want us to look at our own individual self and say, am I where these people were? But they were no, these were just common, everyday people that God chose for a special work in them. And there's not a single one of you here this morning that was born to be a loser. This book tells me that it is God's will that all be saved. If you are a loser in this, it's because you want to be a loser. It's not God's will that you lose. It's God's will that you be saved. But you are the one that has to make that choice. Whether you're going to accept Him, whether you're going to live by His Word, You are the one that makes that choice. And if you go to Him when you make that choice, then He will choose you to receive that new birth, that new spirit that we're talking about. And then you can see victory. You can overcome. There is nothing that you can't overcome here in this life spiritually. And we can just read on and on and talk about the different ones throughout the Bible here that has written the things. Peter, Paul, John. John there was cast out on the Isle of Patmos to die. But God had a special work for him to do and him an old man, maybe close to 100 years old, but God had his angel come there in Jesus Christ and they gave him the book of Revelations and said, you write these things so that others would be able to see it and know. And we can see the wonderful work of God in that and how he, his mercy there was upon the churches and how he instructs us in the end there of how that we can be a part of that and how we can not be a part of that second death, but how we can see victory. His words are here. Do you believe that His words are the truth? The people that I have talked to you about today believed that His Word was the truth. Do you and I believe that today? Are we willing to live by His Word? And somebody's going to say, well, now you're talking about that it's your works. No, it's the works of Jesus Christ in you. It's what it is.
Salvation comes by faith. But once we receive that new spirit, you have to bring forth the works of that spirit. It has to bring forth good works in you or it is not there. Do you think that the Spirit of God can come into someone and there never be a change? That there is still sin in their life continuously on and on and on? But yes, I've repented and I believe in Jesus Christ, so I'm saved. If you haven't had that new birth, all you've said is a prayer. But you've got to be accepted by Him to receive that new spirit and to go on then to see victory in Him. And I know that you can. I know that as I said, it is His will that every one of us are saved. And if we lose out, it's because of what we did. Because we didn't want to be saved. Let's don't let that happen in our life. But let's see victory in everything that we do. Everything. I want to read some here in Luke this morning. <clears throat> we'll read some here in the 13th chapter of Luke. He says, there was president that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. This is words of Jesus Christ. Now here, something had taken place there. Pilate had undoubtedly had killed some people, mingled their blood with the sacrifices. I don't know what all that took place there, but it looked like, and Jesus just answered and said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. I believe he was talking there to people there that had been, they were Jews. They had been brought up to follow the law. They felt like that we are righteous. But he, and he, they were looking upon these people and they were saying these people must have been really bad sinners for this to took place to them. But what did Jesus tell them? He says, I tell you, nay. And except you repent, you shall always, all likewise perish. And that's in every one of us today, friends. I don't care who you are, where you come from, unless you repent and accept Jesus Christ, you will perish. That's his words. I am just teaching these, and I'm encouraging you to make that choice and then to live in accordance with His Word, with His Spirit, letting that Spirit direct you in everything you do. All of those on the 18 whom the Tower of Siloam fell and slew them, thank you that they were sinners 
above all that dwelled in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Do you understand what Jesus is telling those people? Do you understand what he's telling us today? Repent. And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And I want you to listen at this parable. Because it has a very good meaning to it for us all. He said he had this fig tree and he planted in his vineyard, in his garden there. And he came and he sought fruit on and found none. He had this beautiful garden, just visualize these things. He had this tree and it was a nice looking tree there, a fig bush, fig tree. But when he would go out to try to find some figs on it, he could not find any. There was nothing there. It was not bringing forth fruit. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Now listen, that's pretty strong things there. He says, cut it down. I can't find any fruit on this thing. It's not bringing forth good. Don't even give it the space here. Cut it down. Get it out of our way. And he answered him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and done it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after it thou shalt cut it down. Now I want us to think about what he's trying to tell us there. He's saying that every one of us today are just like that fig tree. He has planted us. We are here upon the earth. We are here in his church. Are we bringing forth any fruit? Is he looking into your life and seeing any righteous fruit there in your life? If not, he may be, someone may be looking around and saying, why? Get them out of the church. Get them out of the way. We don't need them here. But what did the keeper say of the garden? And I look upon that, that keeper there as like Jesus Christ. And listen what he said. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also. Give me some more time. I will dig about it and done it. I will work with it. I will work with you if you're not there. That's what Jesus was saying. He says, I will work with you. I will show you the way. But then he goes on. He said, and if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. He's pleading and begging and his word being given to the people. Preaching to the people. If they hear it and accept him, they make that choice. He says, I will leave it. 
And he says, if you don't make that choice, there will come a time when I will cut it down and cast it aside. He said there that those branches that are cut off, that do not abide in the vine, he says they cut them off and they wither and men gather them and cast them into the fire. He says, so shall it be to those that do not follow me. That hear my word and that do not hear it, do not listen, do not live in accordance to it. He says, they will be cast aside and they will be burned just as the branches do. Here he's saying, if it bear fruit well, he will work with you, he will give to you all. But there will come a point in time when he's done all that he can do and you totally reject him and you continue to reject him and there will come a point in time where you will be cut down and cast into that fire. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no longer lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and he said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And just look what he was doing there naturally to them. Do you think if he did that naturally, he will do that spiritually? It doesn't matter how long Satan has had you in his grips. If you go to him, she was there in the presence of Jesus. And he saw the need that she had. And she knew, he knew that she would like to be healed. And he says, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, These, There are six days and when men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Listen to what Jesus had to say about that. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite. Now this man thought that he was so righteous, and he thought that I'm going to show them how righteous that I am here. That this is what you need to do. You need to do this and this. And that could be right in our life today that we might be trying to tell somebody that this is what you need to do, not listening to what Jesus Christ has for them to do. Thou hypocrite, he said, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? He says, just look. And that's what we need. To, he's asking for us. Don't be self-righteous as these people and be upset because someone is receiving the Word of God. But be sure that that's the case. Satan here. He can make himself look as an angel of light, as he says in other places here. But his, remember what he said, Thou hypocrite, 
Don't be so self-righteous that we can't see the Lord's work in someone else. Now, he also says, be not deceived. And be careful with those things. But be not deceived. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Are we rejoicing today? Are we ashamed of some of the things maybe in our life of how we have been such maybe kind of like what this man was? But let's get that out. Get it out. And follow him. And he said, What is the. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Are we rejoicing? Can we see the glorious things that's been done by God and his son, Jesus Christ? All of the things that we talked about here this morning. Are we rejoicing in that? And knowing that he can do the same in you and me. And I can rejoice in his spirit today. Then said he, Unto what is the kingdom of God like? And whereunto shall I resemble it? What is the kingdom of God like? He said. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and cast into his garden, and it grew. And waxed a great tree, and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. The kingdom of God. That is, he says, they take that small little grain of seed, the smallest of all seed. Just being able then to have a little bit of knowledge comes into your life. Enough to where you see how broken you are. And how you need Jesus, how you need salvation. And then, if you will do as he says, if you choose him, if you choose to repent, that will begin to grow in you. That spirit begins to grow. The kingdom of God begins to grow within you. Just as that little seed grows and it makes a plant big enough to where birds can come and fly and land in it and, and it support them. And that little flame, that little bit of the Spirit, that earnest of the Spirit that He has given to you will be able then to grow and grow. And you become stronger and stronger to where you can overcome Satan in every situation that he comes at you. You're able to cast him out just as Jesus Christ was able to do it when he came out of the garden or came out of the wilderness there. And Satan just immediately trying to tempt him to worship him. But he was immediately able to just put Satan aside. And if we'll use that power, he was using the power that God had given to him. And if we'll use that same power, the same power of God that Jesus Christ had, we can overcome, friends. 
And again he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leavening which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Again, that kingdom of God coming into her. If you took that flour, that meal, that was unleavened, it will not rise. It will not make a good cake of bread. But if you put in that leavening, and you can't, people, you can't even see it in there. She hid it in there. It was inside her. That's what I want. That's that spirit that I'm talking about. It can come and be inside her. And then the kingdom of God begin to grow within you. And it will make the whole body then leavened. It will make a whole body spiritually alive. To hear his word. Do you truly desire him? And he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? I want us to listen carefully to these words. Listen what took place there. He says, and he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, maybe one of his disciples, maybe one of the people that was following him, but somebody had a question to ask. And it was a good question. He said, Are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Listen, these are words that Jesus Christ answered this question. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Strive. What does that mean? What does striving mean? In my opinion, striving means that I need to be putting forth effort. I need to be putting forth effort in whatever way the Spirit directs me to do to enter into that straight gate he says, strive. Put forth the effort that I'm asking for you to do. And what is that effort? First of all, it's just having faith and repenting and then allowing the Spirit to work within me. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. That's a sad thing. Listen carefully to that. Strive that you may enter into, strive to enter into the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and will not be able. Why were they not able? They were seeking to enter in, he said. Why were they not able? Because. They were like what James said. They were asking amiss. They were seeking and they were asking because so that they could consume it upon their own lust. We've got to be ready to put it all into his hands. All. When once the master of the house is risen up, 
and hath shut to the door. And you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not from whence you are. That's a very sad thing to think about there. He says many's going to seek, but they won't be able to enter in. And then he says there, he just gives an example there. He says, you know, the master is going to rise up, and I believe he's talking about there at that final day. And you begin to knock, and it won't be opened. And the door, the Lord, Lord, saying, Open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. Yeah, you were there. We saw you. We have eaten and drunk in thy presence. We've been in your church. We've been there. And we've heard your word. And listen to what he said. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me. All ye workers of iniquity. Now there's where it comes in. That is why they were not able to go in. Listen at that. Do you understand what he's saying? He says, they told him, yes, we've eaten and drunk. We've been right there with your people. We've heard your word. But I tell you, I know you not. I don't know who you are spiritually. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. Again, what we were talking about earlier there. Having that new birth. If you've had been born again, if this body is now the tabernacle of God's Spirit, are you a worker of iniquity? Now I know people's going to say, well, you, you know, I'm a sinner. You may make some mistakes, but you will not be a worker of iniquity. You will not be, if you've had that new birth, you will not be constantly living in sin. And saying, well, my sins are covered. I can just go on and do whatever I want to or live in whatever life. That's kind of what was going on here. He says, you are a worker of iniquity. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out, some of all these types of people that we talked about this morning, that you will be cast out. You won't be able to enter in, but you can see afar off and see here the righteous, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the prophets in the kingdom of God. And you yourselves cast out. You yourselves not able to go in. And they shall come from the east 
and from the west, and from the north and from the south, and shall set down in the kingdom of God. There are people there, he says, that will come from all different directions, from all over the world, and set down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and they are first which shall be last. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. He wasn't worried about what Herod would do to him. He knew why he had come here to the earth. He says, I, you go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. That's kind of what he's talking to those people there that had had the opportunity. They had heard his word. They had been around him. They had seen him teaching in their streets. But he says, I don't know you. You are a worker of iniquity. Jesus Christ is there today teaching and preaching for to us and asking us to submit to him. You know, when we were on the farm, you could see a mother hen. She had that flock of little chickens. But if there was danger around, she might sense that there was danger. She could get those little chicks to come under her and she would spread her wings out over them so that they would be safe. And that's what Jesus Christ is doing to his people today. He's teaching his word. And if we will hear, he says, but these here, he says, I, how often would I have gathered thy children together? He said, how often would I have saved you? I had helped you, but you would not. Is that in our life here today? Could that be in any of us that we aren't willing to just submit to him and be able to come under his wings to his safety to be able to keep Satan at bay. He says, you would not. Let's don't be as them. Let's all just go and use the opportunity that we have that we can be under his wing. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Verily I say unto you, you shall not see me 
until the time come when you shall say, Blessed is, the, is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Your house is left desolate. The parable that he gave, the one that went back, the one that had started on his journey. But when the trials and temptations came along, he says, I'm going to go back to the house that I came out of. And when he went back to that house, what did he find? He found it desolate. Nothing there. No more opportunity. And that's what he's talking about to people here that heard him and would not submit to him. He says, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. You will bow to him. You might not see him and know him in this life, but you will bow before him. Now will we bow in a saved condition? Bow now so that we can stand with confidence in front of him. Stand with our sins removed. Not standing there naked with our sins exposed. But stand there. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. I want to be a part of those people. And I can. And I want you to understand you can. But we've got to want that more than anything else here upon the earth. We've got to choose to be a part of it. And He then will choose us to receive that new birth that He tells Nicodemus about. You must be born again. And that new spirit will direct you away from sin. It will never lead you into sin. But it will also convict you in your sin that then you can take it to Him and have it cleaned up. Have it burned up while you're here in the land of the living. Suffer the loss now in this fleshly body that you might be saved at that final day. Friends, His Word is there. His love is there. His Spirit is there. Are we going to use it? He paid the price. It's paid for you. It's paid for me. Let's all see victory in Jesus Christ. Live by His Word. And be ready, whatever He asks us to do, be ready to submit. We will sing number 118, Face to Face.
And there may be someone here that might would like to make that commitment today public. You can do so by coming forward as we sing number 118. <coughs>
I present you to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. And may the Lord receive. I present you to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. And may the Lord receive. When I see the little children here, just reminded of, of another woman, how she prayed so earnestly for a child. The mother of Samuel. And she promised the Lord, she said, if you give to me a son, I'll lend him back to you. I'll give him back. And when the child was weaned, she took that young child and took him to the prophet. And he was there for his life. And Samuel was a righteous prophet, a righteous judge in his day. His mother, from the very beginning, took wonderful care of him. And I believe she taught him and as she went back to visit him each year, she took him a new coat. But God was with that young man at a very early age. You have a great responsibility ahead of you to train him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But he is there for you. Let us pray. To God the Father, we just thank you for all the wonderful words that you have written here in this book that we can read and we can know and we can be encouraged in your work. We can be encouraged that it's your will that we be saved and just prick our hearts so that we will just go to you. What must we do, God? What must we do, Jesus Christ? And God, I beg that you just fill me with your spirit, fill me with your love, fill me with your words, that I am able to encourage others in your word that they can all see victory in you. I don't want to see anyone come up and you say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I want to everyone that is here and hears my voice today to be able to hear and to be able to hear those words to enter into thou good and faithful servant. And I know we can if we'll just be subject to your word here upon the earth. Thank you for all you've done for us, Lord. And we ask for guidance in the upcoming day that your will be done in us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.